welcome to Lending Forward, a podcast where we're lending every bit of what we know to our listeners. From real conversations and lessons learned deep within the industry to education and forward thinking, together we're Lending Forward. And as always, don't forget to subscribe to our channels and connect with us on www.atlanticbay.com. Atlantic Bay Mortgage Group, LLC, NMLS number 72043, NMLSconsumeraccess.org is an equal opportunity lender. Located at 600 Lynn Haven Parkway, Suite 203, Virginia Beach, Virginia 23452. All right. Well, welcome to another episode of Lending Forward. I'm your host, Taylor Ellard, and you might have heard of our guest today, number one national bestselling author of the book, 7L or The Seven Levels of Communication. So welcome, Michael. It's so good to see you. Thank you, Taylor. And thank you for this awesome episode and this uh, podcast that you do to deliver so much value to the industry. I think more mortgage companies and mortgage professionals need to do podcasts. It's just a a great way to interview their potential referral sources. It's a great way to, it kind of forces you out of your box to to do some things. And who knows, you might learn something on the way, you know, so I, I love this. Well, thank you. We appreciate you being here. And I do think it's a good platform for mortgage bankers and agents to come on and update borrowers and update their past customers and hang out at the local coffee shop, highlight that. Yeah, it's definitely important to kind of have that presence now. But I want to unpack 7L. Tell me more. Where was the inspiration behind that? I know you get that a lot, but we got to tell our listeners because that's kind of just such a big, a big thing for you. I mean, it's a heck of accomplishment to be a number one national bestseller. So tell us more. Well, I appreciate that. The long story short is I tried the other methods as a realtor, cold calling, door knocking, advertising, marketing, and none of it felt right. Felt like I was being deceitful. Felt like I was being trying to be dominant over them instead of helping. So I had to go down the referral path. Uh, that's where I just started to develop this system. It was the only way for me to be successful in real estate. So I had to make it work. And so that generated, you know, 37 transactions and 100 referrals my first year. And then we exploded from there to where, you know, it was 187 transactions in my third year, over 250 referrals that year. And then every year after that, we were over 500 referrals and a couple of years hit 600 referrals incoming. That doesn't include the thousand referrals that we were sending out to mortgage professionals, financial planners, and a ton of other people. So we we created a referral community. And then a guy named Howard Britton interviewed me like this and sent out a CD to 100,000 realtors. They were all asking me, like, tell me about the housewarming parties. Tell me about this. Tell me about this. So I'd send them, but I was like, all right, that's just an answer. That's not the whole answer. So I was like, I got to write the book to like give the whole answer. And like a lot of people who need to write a book, I didn't write a book. And then I, I had knee surgery. And then a couple of days after that, I was actually out of breath and had a pain in my side, went into the hospital, went into ER, and ended up I had seven blood clots and actually flatlined for 37 seconds. Oh my gosh. So, you know, after you've died, you you tend to so I I came to and I definitely first thought of Sherry. And I also thought I don't have any children. I really want children, which is a weird thought at the time. And then I thought, you know what, this this system that I have almost died with me. And that night in ICU, in Olathe Medical Center, of all places in the world, I outlined the seven levels of communication and fast forward 18 months, and we had a bouncing baby book and a bouncing baby boy. Oh, so, wow. So yeah, it, it's a, been a wild ride since. It's been 10 to 12 years since and changed my life. 
Absolutely. I would imagine. So well, so seven, tell us the why that you chose those seven and what kind of went into that. So Taylor, I've had 5,000 interviews in 12 years on 7L. Nobody's ever asked me why seven. Isn't that, isn't that interesting? Uh, well, yeah. I'm doing my job right then. Huh? Yeah, I'm happy yeah, to be the totally. first one to so ask. So it started out like the three levels of communication. And then it became the five levels of communication when I was like, okay, there's, you know, these other things that we're doing. And then it, it really settled into, you know, the seven levels of communication. There's advertising at the bottom. And right above that, you have direct mail. And then you have electronic communication. And then in the middle, I, no matter how hard I tried, I tried to remove handwritten notes as a level and I couldn't do it. It's its own level. It has its own power. Imagine a marketing piece that you send out that somebody keeps forever. It has a shelf life of forever. There's no marketing pieces that people frame and put in their office like a handwritten note. And then the top three levels are phone calls, events, and seminars, and parties. And then the very top level is one-on-one meetings, which is the most powerful form of communication there is. is People will disclose to you and share with you things in a one-on-one environment that they would never share if there was just one more person in, in the room. So people always ask me, when are you coming out with the eighth level? You know, when are you, you know, what's the eighth level of communication? And I would probably say shutting up and listening. Like mm-hmm. I think listening is, is the eighth level of, of communication, but you know, it's incorporated in the influential zone, which is the phone calls, events, and one-on-ones for sure. Mm-hmm. In doing this podcast, I'm sure you've probably had some aha moments as well, but I've noticed I do stick to where we want to guide the conversation, but oftentimes the meat is truly in engaging in the conversation and listening instead of trying to figure out what that next question is going to be, instead of trying to get the business. If you're just there and trying to solve problems, you're much more valuable to your agents and mortgage bankers, obviously, and borrowers, really. You're listening to them and engaging and asking the right questions, but it's not scripted. It doesn't feel uncomfortable. You don't, the goal is just to get to know someone. Well, let's dive into referrals. So ASAs have been the way for how long? As soon as they became legal. (laughs) Right, exactly. And not everybody does it. Not everybody gives their skin in the game like that. You know, referral partners, I would say, if they're not one of the most important, they are the pinnacle to this industry. And so What types of communications need to be had between mortgage bankers and agents to really streamline the process? Well, communication is the key, right? I mean, talk about the seven levels of communication as even the book title. I had a broker in the very beginning say, if it's the seven levels of marketing, you're going to sell like 50, 60,000 copies of the book. You know, here we are later, seven levels of communication. I stuck to my guns and, you know, we're over 250,000 copies sold and, and growing. Because that's how important the word communication is. It, it's all about communication. Be great at communicating bad news. Be great at communicating good news. What's amazing to me is too often when people are shy with praise, be there to praise, be there to compliment. And I think that the biggest thing is that we, we need to understand that the mortgage professional and the realtor are, are after the same client and they're after the same things, which is the client's best interest. And as long as we understand that we're partners, we should probably take that into the lead generation and, and marketing world, but let's do it without the one person paying the other person to market like an ASA. Why don't what we do is let's partner together and go after it together. 
And that's that's what I love. I mean, I'm in such a good mood today. I have to tell you, I love it. I, first of all, I knew I was doing this podcast. But second of all, you know, I set a PR in the weight room. I did 315 three times. I did 275 five times and just coming off COVID. So it's like, all right, let's go. And then I get a text message from a lender who told me that he got 170 referrals on Saturday. One day he got a hundred and this isn't a realtor texting me that he got 170 re- referrals in one. This is a lender who got 170 referrals in one day. Well, how's that happen? Right? I mean, don't you want to know? Right? Yeah. It's, so don't the, leave us hanging, Michael. <laughs> I truly believe the answer is events. Mm. It's events, right? He got 170 referrals at an event that he had, and the really cool thing is he actually made money while doing the event. And then he's going to make money on the referrals. And he also handed out like 75 referrals to the sponsor partners who paid for the event. So it's one of those where here's the thing. What a great opportunity for a mortgage professional and a realtor to partner together to do events. And I have to tell you, the, the number one most basic has to be the house ring party. Why isn't every mortgage professional and every realtor throwing a house ring party for every single client who closes with them. And if you're not, maybe you are just transactional. You know, I hate to hit the gut, right? But it's like, maybe you are just there for the sale if you're not doing that. And the proof is in the numbers. 83% of all clients say they would use the same realtor than less than 12% do. Why? No follow-up communication. Well, if you're having a house ring party 45 to 60 days after closing, you gotta be communicating with them and their entire family and their neighborhood and their friends and their coworkers. And so guess what? Communication becomes an asset. It becomes another like secret weapon in this, this battle, right? And that's, so we talk a lot about creating like lifelong customers, right? That's the goal. Cause you want their loan, you want the family's loan, you want the neighbor's loan, their hairdresser's loan, what have you. Tell me, so for people who might question, what does that look like? What does a housewarming party look like? I know it's going to be 40, 60, 90 days after someone comes into a home. Just, I know it sounds silly, but unpack what that looks like. What does it, a successful housewarming, you know, do you pay for it? How does it work? How do you recommend it? Yeah. So I recommend that someone takes leadership. The mortgage professional, like the example I just gave, can take leadership or the realtor can take leadership. The warranty rep can take leadership. The title rep could take leadership. Somebody's got to take leadership and say, we're throwing you a housewarming party. I prefer it to be the mortgage professional or the realtor or both is probably the ideal answer. And then all of the service providers that are part of the transaction throw a housewarming party for the client. And listen, it's a housewarming party. Don't overcomplicate it. As long as you are getting people together and there is plenty of food and plenty of drink, it's their house. The venue is already picked out. It's fine. And if they don't want to do it at the house, do it at the clubhouse of the neighborhood that they just moved into or the yard, the backyard or the garage and the driveway. So we've done a lot of driveway parties. House stays clean and everybody loves it. And it, it turns into a raucous big time event. And the neighbors see what's going on and come by. Whereas if it's all in the house, nobody's seeing the party. That's so smart. Now we have an entire system for this, right? I mean, literally... 37-step checklist that ensures that you'll get referrals and everybody will have a good time. People can check that out at housewarmingparties.com. That's housewarmingparties.com. But it it really, like I tell people, don't overcomplicate it. 
you know how to do a housewarming party. You just order the barbecue or whatever food, you know, they want. You know, beer and pizza has made for a great event. We use barbecue in Kansas City because it's Kansas City barbecue. Right. And I like I like barbecue. So it made a lot of sense for me to eat what I wanted while I was there too. That's honestly, I mean, I love that idea. It, the thing that sticks out to me the most is that it's so unique that it will it will have a buzz. Doesn't that, does, isn't that so amazing that it, we would say that's so unique, but it's like, oh my gosh, like, why aren't, why aren't we all doing that? You I know, know. it's it, 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 to me, it's crazy. Cause it's, you, you know, you're putting them, you know, when they're closing, you can be kind of in charge of that and they'll love you for it. But then it's like, oh my gosh, it is, it's truly a no brainer, but it, nobody's doing it. Why? I don't know. I mean, here's what's interesting. In Gen Gen, we do have quite a few people who are doing it. So I tend to think less like nobody's doing it, but you're just like everybody else. It's like out in the world, you're like, nobody in my market's doing that. No. So be the first, first of all. But the the second thing on that is that just remember that it's not a marketing event. The more you market at the event, the less referrals you will get. The more you just have the event for the, the homeowners and just like, just be there as a host and a server and a helper and, you know, take out the trash and make sure people have plenty of drink and plenty of food, throw away their plates, you know, be, be almost like the caterer. You will get more referrals by doing the service method than you will by the marketing method, which sounds counterintuitive, but it, it, it's just more attractive. I will tell you that we had lenders early in my career who we had to disengage with because they felt like the house ring party was a marketing opportunity. And when they stood up to deliver their door prize, we always do door prizes at the house ring parties because we want people to fill out information. We want to know who's there. And also that's a way for us to get referrals. Right. And so we'd have the kids draw and I had a couple of lenders who would go up and they were just like, all right, you know, now's the time to refinance. Now's the time to, you know, I mean, and it was like, now's the time to buy. And I was like, dude, you're in a buyer's house. They literally just bought <laughs> and just felt like they had to get something from it. Right. And the best lenders we had were the ones that were there just like us. And we were just there to serve and host. And then those would be the lenders who got the most referrals. I think that that pushy, desperate commission breath attitude is probably more of a turnoff now than it's ever been in history. Mm. Whereas the servitude, helpful, generous has never been more attractive in history than now. The generosity generation, right? Right. I couldn't agree with you more. So, well, in, in the token of uniqueness, if you will, so we kind of touched on ASA agreements and really building out referrals and what that kind of looks like now in this interesting climate that we're in, but not so interesting because we've been here before, but it feels like it's interesting because of what we've been up against the last two years. But what would you say is the next generation, is the next best thing between a mortgage banker and an agent or the brokerage? Well, I hate to harp on it, right? I, I truly believe it's it's partnering on events. I mean, so this this event that I was just talking about where he got 170 referrals, it was a movie event, right? So here's the thing. What does that have to do with mortgages? What does that have to do with real estate? The answer is nothing. What does it have to, to do with adding value to your database? Everything. These tickets were so in demand. It was one of the Marvel movies, right? And mm-hmm. and it's like, it was super valuable to the people. And guess what? When you add value, they want to return the favor, right? Generosity leads to reciprocity. 
And he had a way for them to return the favor, which was through referrals. And that's what happened. So I think the big thing is, is that the mortgage professionals and the realtors especially have to, here's the thing, COVID hit, we all got caged. A lot of things were going on politically that made us enraged and divisive. And so we were caged and enraged. Well, there, there's a transformation taking place right now in the consumer and in our clients' uh, worlds. And that is they're going from caged and enraged to uncaged and engaged. Mm -hmm. They want live events. They want to mingle. They are craving human interaction right now. Even the introverts are talking about it. I mean, (laughs) come on now. So I think the big thing is provide that opportunity and provide a way for them to get together. And like, why wouldn't we do that? Why would we not? We do it for realtors. We do it for realtor events and awards events. I mean, realtors get together more than anybody on the planet, right? Yeah. yeah. So so it's one of those like, why aren't we doing that for for our database? And the thing about it is that with an event, the energy is in the event. There's going to be energy. You're going to have energy. The mortgage professional, the realtor is going to have energy. The community, whatever your tribe of trust is, is going to have energy. But the power is in the invitation. When I invite you to something, it's naturally attractive, right? What I'm saying is I want you to come closer to me. I want you to be a part of my community. There's a sense of belonging, you know, Maslow's hierarchy of needs, that is so powerful with building a tribe of trust and building a community. So I truly believe that's the biggest opportunity right now is don't let your competitor beat you to events as a weapon of differentiation. Don't Mm -hmm. let it happen. Be the first. And then everybody else is copying you. Yeah. That's powerful stuff. And I, I think that it's, it is low hanging fruit. I loved your uncaged and engaged. I think it's so true. And guys, 170 referrals came out of that one event. And that to me blows my mind. And it's just something we can all be doing right now because we all know we need it. But we also know that there's people who want that sense of belonging and want to be able to find their tribe. But this is great stuff. I appreciate you so much for coming on the podcast. And I can't wait for more of these because I think you bring that level of not only communication, but you bring the level of, it's almost like, hey, you might not have thought of it like this, but right now you need to be unique. You need to stand out. Yeah, I appreciate that. You know, for those of you that are wondering how the process happened with the 170 referrals, we actually interviewed him on Referrals Podcast. And this is a shameless plug, I guess. Is Do it. Check out Referrals Podcast as well. And we interview him before. And then we have an interview coming up where we will interview him after the event. So you're going to get both perspectives on that. And uh, there's several other Referrals Podcast episodes where we do dive into this. How do we use, under Referral Mastery, we have Self Mastery, Relationship Mastery, and Event Mastery. And right now we're in event mastery as far as our season of podcast. And we're diving deep into this. And, you know, what's interesting is 170 referrals are are not the number one. That's not the most as anybody's ever received at one event, right? Wow. So, but even if you received 10, would it make it a good event? Yes. Probably. So yep. Yep. this is awesome. Taylor, this has been fantastic. It's, it, you are providing so much. I mean, who else does a mortgage podcast? Like, I have to tell you, I don't, I don't know of very many <laughs> at all. And yeah. I, I love that you're doing this. I just, I'm sorry. I, I keep talking about that, but it's just like, this is so needed in that world. And I'm thinking in my head of these people who need to be doing these 
Right. And here you are, you're doing it. Now all they're going to do is copy it. I right. Know. They're, oh, you know, you're <laughs> like, no, yeah, they wanted to be like us. So that's, and it's like, that's the same thing with events, right? Is as soon as you do the events in your area, then anybody else that does an event is like, oh, well, they're trying to be like them. Exactly. Right. Be the first. Be the first. Break right? the mold. First market. First I market. Very you. powerful. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thanks again for listening to the Lending Forward podcast powered by Atlantic Bay Mortgage Group. Don't forget to tune in next week and make sure you subscribe to our channel. Remember, we all play a part in lending forward. So go lend something forward today.